you have your Bibles, pull them out to James chapter 1 as we prepare for our third message for the day. Uh-huh. Dad, I, I didn't ask you to come up here and make me cry. Where are you at? I don't see you. Kyle's up here preaching and cut a cut an old preacher loose with a microphone and I love hearing my dad's preaching. In your Bibles, James chapter 1. Before we begin our time today, I will continue to employ something that we have been doing in this series, having a time of silence. Dietrich Bonhoeffer's quote says, silence should bracket the word. Silence before because God should have an opportunity to speak first. Silence after the word because God should get the last word. Have you ever thought about that with your day? Starting your day in silence. Do I start my day in prayer? Okay. Have you ever considered silence before your prayer? Just sit in silence and enjoy the presence of God. So we're going to take just a few moments. Uh, this, isn't, this is something new that we're we've been doing lately, but enjoy the presence of God for just a moment, quietly. Father, we ask your presence to overwhelm us today. We ask that you do something that would surprise us, something that we didn't, we didn't have any idea you were up to and that you were working on in our lives, that today you would bring it to the surface and, and bring it to fruition. Lord, we thank you for your presence, and we ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to ask you a question as we, as we start this morning. Uh, If God answered your prayers that you prayed this morning, if he, if he answered them right now, how many people that you prayed for by name this morning would have their name written in the book of life right now? If God answered your prayers immediately, how many people that you prayed for by name this morning for healing, that, that God would heal them, would be healed right now? Hey, if God answered your prayers this, that you prayed this morning for people by name, that, that uh, they were in need, whether it's financial or, or whatever it might be for their marriage, how many people, right now those marriages would be healed? Joel, that's not fair, man. We come to church on Sundays, and so that's my prayer time. I, I don't do it early. I sleep in on Sunday mornings. So I, no, that's not fair to ask me about this, this morning. Okay, well, yesterday morning. Joel, yesterday was Saturday morning. 
We go out to breakfast on Saturday mornings, and I was busy all day, so don't ask. Okay, you pick the day. You can see where I'm going. You can see my point. Man, if we believed in prayer, if we believed that prayer was powerful and effective, would we be praying more often? I asked the men in our group this morning, I wonder if the prayers of those people, those children in Ethiopia, that, that this last year when they, we heard testimony, a guy came up in church in, in one of the villages and gave testimony about four children that came up and were praying for him. He went, he got sick and, and was healed. He was the leader of a mosque and boom, becomes a Christian and starts leading people that were in his mosque to faith in Jesus Christ because four children were praying. Do we believe in prayer? Do we believe that prayer is powerful and effective? Man. Today we are, we're coming to a conclusion in this series through the book of James. So I, I ask you to turn to James chapter 1 for a reason, and I'll get there in just a moment. But the topic that we're going to look at today, where, where it's going to hone down on, is this issue of prayer and the posture of our heart. When one reads the book of James, it's easy to look at behaviors, to look at external things that either happen to you or that you do. And as we will see today, there is an underlying current throughout this book that we have to see beyond. If not, we have missed a huge part of the book of James. Today we're going to hone in on this issue of prayer. Prayer is simply our time that we talk with God, that we hang out with God, and, and maybe that's too disrespectful of a term, but I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, God is the God of creation, and so to use words like hang out with God, dude, let's go hang out, uh, something about that doesn't feel appropriate, but at the same time, God is one that we can call Abba Father and come and climb in his lap and say, Daddy, I need you. Daddy, I need to talk to you. And experience the embrace, the comfort that our Heavenly Father has for each one of us. We all have friends. We all have people that we talk to. You know, I don't, I don't talk to Steve every day. I don't talk to Chris every day. But when we do, there's some common things that are present in our conversations. One of them is, an, is the ability to be honest. I can shoot straight with them, they can shoot straight with me. They have, uh, they can speak frankly with me. Not everybody feels that way. Being honest. Uh, when we talk, there's a common interest. Uh, we enjoy similar things. We laugh together. We help each other through difficult times. And we reassure each other that when you are in difficult times, you've got a friend in your corner. Now, our time with God, this issue of prayer, there are some common things that ought to be present as well. And one of those is honesty with each other. You shoot straight with God? 
When you're alone with him and when you're talking with him, do you shoot straight with him? Or do you try to keep things secret? Or do you try to just, let's avoid that one topic. Let's, let's avoid that one hidden thing. Or can you shoot straight? Can you come before him and repent and say, I am, I am a total mess up. I have messed up in this area and I am, I am in need of forgiveness and your grace I just got to be honest with you. I, I, I'm so mad at myself that I continue to give in to this and give in to this. Can you be honest with God? That, that ought to be a common factor that each of us experience with our Heavenly Father. Laughter together? <laughs> When's the last time you laughed with God? Joel, come on, man. God don't laugh. He's sitting in the throne room of heaven, and he has the voice of James Earl Joe. He's Darth Vader, and he doesn't laugh. All he does is rule down judgment in our lives. No, man. It's the last time you laughed with God. I, I, I think about raising my two sons. And most of their life, when as they elementary and going on up. Every time we passed a, a road construction site, you know the guy that's standing there with the, you know what I'm talking about? And, and here's what he does all day at work. Slow. Stop. That's work. And most of my boys' life, I would turn to them in the car, driving by, and say, boys, just go to college. <laughs> just go to college. So here's, here's irony. Here's where I laugh with God. My oldest son goes to college, gets an engineering degree, civil engineering from uh, CU Boulder, gets a job with a civil engineering firm. You know where he was his first day of work? Ha! <laughs> ah! On the side of a road at a construction site. He texted me. He said, Dad, you told me my whole life every time we drove by one of these to go to college. I went. Here I am. <laughs> I laugh with God. When's the last time you laughed with God at things that he's doing in your life? There just ought to be some common, common things that prayer. that you and I are reassured that God's with us. In the difficult times of life, God's with us. I, I, I need to know that, man. I don't know about you. I don't know when the last time you went through a difficult time, but I've gone through them, and I know you have as well. But isn't it good to know that God says, I'll never leave you, man, and I'll never forsake you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. And wouldn't it be great if God could hear from us, God, when I'm going through difficult times, when I'm going through the hardships of life, I'm not going to turn my back on you either. In fact, in fact, James said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you go through. Man, there's a posture of your heart that ought to be present when you're going through difficult times. Don't turn your back on God. Don't do it. Oh, it's so easy. That's the easy way out is to, to blame God for these things. 
God's got your back. We ought to have some common things in our lives that, with God that we have with our friends. Today's text in James chapter 5, don't turn there yet, stay in chapter 1, gives some very clear, this title of this series is Boots on the Ground Christianity. I mean, it's everyday, common life Christianity. As we navigate the trails of life, God, there's, James just is full of tips on how to do it. And today's text, his tips are so clear. But one of them, unless we see beyond the surface, could be a difficult text to handle. I'll explain that more in just a minute. But James has spent this entire letter talking about superficial things that impact our heart, that impact the inside. He says, when you go through trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy. Where does joy happen? It's an inside thing, man. Oh, we can put on our church face and, and act like, how's your week? Great. But on the inside, it could be totally the opposite. Joy happens on the inside. Hey, further, further on down in that same paragraph, hey, if you need wisdom, ask. He'll give it. Inside. Chapter 2, favoritism. Remember that? Remember that week? Talking about favoritism. Prejudice has two faces. Favoritism is positive. And, and I'm saying this wrong. Prejudice is the other side of the coin. Discrimination has two faces, favoritism and prejudice. And man, we, it, it, that, that stuff happens in here. Now, it comes to the surface. It comes to the surface. I can't hide it. My disdain for the Oakland Raiders, I mean, I, I can't hide it. Did I just get an amen from my dad on that one? I mean, prejudice comes to the surface, but it's an inside job. It, it, favoritism, it's in here. So James is talking about things that show up on the surface, but guys, they're really an inside issue, favoritism. Uh, the next chapter, your tongue. Remember that one? Controlling your tongue and how difficult that is. Sure, it comes to the surface. What comes out of our mouth comes to the surface, but where does it originate? Matthew talks about it, for what comes out of the mouth is simply an overflow of the heart. Yeah, these things are, are soup, they, they show themselves on the surface, but they begin in the heart. Last week, we looked at who's getting our loving. Are you friends with the world? It's, it's a heart issue, man. And as we conclude our study of this book, if we look at this, the, the text we're about to read, only as superficial, physical things that are on the outside, I think we're going to be missing a theme that runs throughout this book. And it's the condition of our heart. It's inside issues. So we are in James chapter 5, and today's text is verses 13 through 18. Again, if you're able, I would ask you to stand as I read God's holy word. God's word says this. 
Is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man of, of excuse me, Elijah was a man with the nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that, that it might not rain, and for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Time out. On the earth. <laughs> not just in Aurora. Then he prayed again, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Father, we ask that you would bless the reading of your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at, we're looking at tips. James is giving tips. Trail guide tips. As you're navigating these trails, hey, watch out for this, watch out for that. Here's how you handle it. The first one, up there in verse 13. Is any among you suffering? If we're not careful, we can immediately go to the issue of, of physical suffering. Physical pain, outward suffering, outward pain. But may I suggest that there are some parents in the room that know what suffering is when your children are going through a hard time. Can I get an amen? Any of you out there suffering? You know what it is to suffer in between jobs. You're not physically, you don't have a, uh, something that's ailing you. But you know what suffering is. See, I, I think in our text and, and the theme that is running through this book, is it's not just the stuff on the surface, man. It's stuff in here. Here's the imperative that's given. Here's the tip. Pray. Pray. Let him pray. Pray. That sounds so simple, doesn't it? But how often do we revert to other things first? And what can I figure out? How can I figure out to, how to solve this, this problem? What can I do for my kids? What can I, 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 they're grown, man. I can't make them do anything. I, what can I, James says, hey, man, first step, pray. God answered your prayers immediately right now. And you knew it was going to happen. We'd stop this service. Everybody would get on their knees, wouldn't we? So, 
I, I don't want to belabor this issue, but man, it, James is being as clear as he can be. You talk about practical tips for living. Church, when we go through times of suffering where your heart is in anguish, pray. Do you know people that are going through that? Pray. 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 I want my prayer life to be stronger in 2018 than it was this year. Can I get an amen on that? Anybody else want to have a stronger prayer life next year? I do. Let's look at the next thing. Is anyone cheerful? Hey, where does cheer happen? Where does cheerfulness happen? I'm telling you, it's an inside job, man. It's it, a cheerful heart. Oh, it comes to the surface, and you can see it on people's face when they're cheerful. What's the tip? Then sing. The imperative verb is sing. The adjective is praises. Sing. I'm reminded of the story. Catherine will remember this. It's, it was a meaningful moment in her life as well. We're driving down the road. And, and some of you remember the song. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Remember that? Holiness. Sonic Flood was on the CD player. Man, I was jamming in the car. You know how good you sound in the car when you sing? Mm. I was singing. Mm. I mean, in my heart, it, I was at a good place. It was, it was just sweet. And this guy cuts me off in traffic. And without missing a beat, I went from holiness Holiness is what I long for. You, moron, you, moron, is what I need. And all of a sudden, she starts laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at? She goes, can you hear yourself? <laughs> Isn't it funny how we let some of these things destroy the cheer in our heart? I would not encourage anyone to practice my uh, singing habits in the car when you get cut off. But I would draw our attention to how easily we get drawn away from cheer. We have so many things in our lives that we can experience joy and cheer. Is anybody cheerful among you? Let him sing. Sing, man. There's something about our souls that resonate with this issue of singing. And, and most, most every guy in the room, I would, maybe even every person in the room, with the exception of a handful of people, if I said, hey, will you come up here and sing? Almost every one of you, Joel, you don't want to hear me sing, man. Uh, I, no, I don't sing. But James gives some clear tips. He didn't say, if you can carry a tune, if you can stay on pitch, then sing praises. He doesn't say that. There's something that happens when we sing. Anybody cheerful? Sing. He goes on to the next one. Is anybody sick? Are any of you sick? 
then here's the imperative. Call. Call is the imperative. He goes on to tell us who? The elders. And then they have some imperatives as, as well. They're to come and pray, to anoint with oil, and invoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if you're sick, James has given some, some clear things. So a, a clear tip. Call. Call. Call for the elders. There's an implication in this passage here that, that the person is not well enough to go to them. He's, this person is in a place of saying, I need, I need someone to come and pray over me. Now, here's where this passage could get difficult. And I, I, I'm telling you, I wrestled with the Lord. I asked my friends. We, I even threw it out on Friday night. I just threw the line out there in the water to see if anybody would bite. And they gave good counsel. Uh, because it goes on to say that the prayer of faith will save that person. And I'm guessing there's at least one person in this room that has prayed for somebody to be healed and they weren't healed. So this text is, is, is well beyond just physical healing. Can God heal? Yes. Can I get an amen? Does God heal every time? No. Paul himself said, I asked the Lord three times to do what? To remove this thorn from my flesh. And what did God say? No. So this can't just be a prescription, right out of prescription. Hey, you want me to heal? You need to be healed? Here, here you go, man. Call the elders, and they'll bring some uh, olive oil with you, and they'll invoke the name of the Lord, and you'll be healed. There you go. This can't be that prescription. Otherwise, there would not be any cancer left on the planet because there'd be elders in every cancer ward around the world. There is something more here, and I believe it is the theme that has run through this, this book. It's an inside issue. Is there anybody sick in the room? Let me ask you a question today. You have an infection in your heart? Is there a disease that's running rampant through your soul? You know, we, we don't. As long as I've been in the ministry, coming up on 18 years now, I can count on one, time, one hand how many times I've been called as an elder. People don't do it, man. We don't, we don't do that. I don't know why, but we don't do it. I can think of one time in Sterling, Colorado. It's when I first came into ministry. We were called, and at that time we, called, we were called to pray for two people. One of them was healed. One of them wasn't. The owner of the theater was healed of cancer. The other one wasn't. What went wrong? From our perspective, something went wrong. Now, here's where this passage can get tricky because people can take that and go, well, you just didn't have enough faith. Huh? You didn't have enough faith or you'd have been healed because that's what it says right there. It is just as inaccurate to say that if you follow that passage that you'll be physically healed every time. 
When Jesus went to the pool of Bethesda, did he heal everybody there? No. Just because one calls the elder, elders and they pray in faith, they anoint with oil, they invoke the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the healing in this earthly life doesn't happen. Does that mean that there was a lack of faith? No. We have to consider another thing that the Lord's will is in play. The plan of God is in play in my life and in your life and in those people that we pray for. And though he may not heal on our timing, he may not physically heal someone in this lifetime, he may give them the ultimate healing. We have to keep the perspective of God in view. We have to remember also that he's speaking to a church, the community of believers. He tells them, man, therefore confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Even that verse can be interpreted a couple of ways, that we're to go to one another, our friends, whoever your buddies are, go to them and, and just lay out all the laundry that you may be healed. Or one could interpret this way, and this is the direction that I lean in my interpretation of this passage. That in the community of a church, we go to one another and say, I'm sorry. Man, I I should not have responded to you that way. I need to ask for your forgiveness. I confess that I was wrong when I did that. That healing can take place. And he gives us a, an example of Elijah, who had a nature just like me and just like you. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. Pursuing holiness on the inside, pursuing righteousness in here makes one powerful. That's not my words. The word of God. And so today, the challenge for us is, as we conclude this series, is to give an inspection, do personal inspection of our own heart, the condition of our heart, because it will reflect itself in your mouth. It will reflect itself in how you show or don't show favoritism. It will reflect itself in the amount of joy that you have through difficult, difficult circumstances of life. How's your heart? Before we have another moment of silence to give God the opportunity to have the last word, I ask you the same question I asked at the beginning. 
if God answers your prayers tomorrow morning immediately, I wonder how many people would come into the kingdom of God. If God answers your prayers tomorrow morning, even in the next moment, how many people's marriages would be healed? Church, we need to be people of prayer. My dad was calling us to that just a few minutes ago. I want my prayer life to be stronger this next year. I think you would say the same as well. But church, I want our church's prayer life to be stronger. That we take things to the Lord in prayer. And, and, and the prayer of faith, of faith, man, that is a marker on our prayer life, faith. Let's have a few moments of silence. Allow God to speak. Father, I thank you for silence. I thank you that we can learn to enjoy your presence. Father, that we would not take for granted that the king of all kings, you yourself are with us right now. Lord, I pray for each of us that we would Take our time with you and be honest. Find comfort in the fact that you're always with us. That we can laugh together through many of the things of life. Lord, I pray for those today that are suffering. Their heart is in pain. They're in anguish. I lift up Sean Tucker this morning. Just heard that he was suffering with a, a broken ankle this morning. We lift him up to you, Lord. I know that that's painful. And, and uh, Hannah and their, their families, Lord, I lift up their hearts to you as well. Father, for those that are here that are suffering, I... I pray that uh, you would make it heavy on their heart that they need to come and talk with you on a consistent basis. Take the tips that James gave that if they're suffering, pray. 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 That doesn't mean they need to talk the whole time. They can listen. But pray. For, Lord, for those that are here that have that just joy is swelling in their heart, they're in a good season of life, I pray that they'd sing a little bit. 
sing when they get in the car today that they would embarrass their kids with their singing. That people would start plugging their ears because of the singing coming out of their mouth, Lord. There's just something that happens in us when we sing praises to you. Lord, we ask that you would reside on the praises of our lips. Thank you for the blessings of, of life. Those that are with us today that are sick, whether it's physical sickness or maybe it's sickness of the heart, maybe there's anger that is just running free in their heart. There's bitterness, there's jealousy, there's gossip, there's there's the infection of pornography in their heart. Whatever, it, Lord, it might be, uh, the words that come out of their mouth, a foul mouth, whatever it might be, Lord, I pray for that person today. Lord, there are a bunch of reasons that people don't call the elders, whether it's embarrassment or they don't think it's a big deal. or, or I, I don't know what it is, Lord. But I pray that people will trust God's word. That people will pray, sing, and call. Lord, I know one thing for sure. And we claim it today that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord, say it with me, shall be saved. We know that you're in the saving business and you're in the raising up business and we thank you for that. So I ask that you'd raise up those that are, that are sick today. Lord, for the person that's here that may have never trusted you with their life, has never come to a place of realizing that you died on the cross for their sins. You love them that much that today they would ask you to forgive them of their sins. They would call upon you to be their Lord, to be their Savior, and to come take up residence in their heart and soul. Show them what it means to be a child of God. They can do it now, Lord. They can just call on you right now. Lord, please forgive me of my many sins. Thank you for dying on the cross. and That, that should have happened to me, but you did it for me. You died for me so that I could live simply ask him to come. Come and live in my heart. I pray this in faith, for the prayer of faith shall save the person. In Jesus' name, amen. We're about to stand.